Hey guys, welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. It is November 5th, and we're just a couple days out of uh, Election Day. <clears throat> um, you know, uh, there's a lot going on right now, uh, a lot. Uh, and that's just what I want to talk about, really. Um, there's so many things happening. Uh, there's so many... Uh, different factors of what's going on. You know, a lot of people went to bed, I'm sure Tuesday night. I know I did kind of expecting at least to see a more defined and a more closely called, uh, race. You know, I, I think even if we knew we weren't going to have all the numbers in, I thought that we would have a more, uh, a a, a closer idea, right? We would know who was going to win this. Um, and it still seems today, uh, as of 7.30 on, uh, like I said, November the 5th, it seems like it's anybody's race at this point, depending on how these last couple states go. Um, basically, President Trump needs to win all of them in order to uh, secure the presidency. Um, now, it's looking like with 31 electoral votes between Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, and North Carolina, um, he could, and Alaska, he's probably going to win Alaska. He, uh, it would be, that would actually be 34, I want to say 34 electoral votes would actually, uh, be what he needs to win. Um, you know, but who's, uh, you know, who's to, to know how that's going to work out, uh, as close as the numbers are coming in. And, um, it seems like we already, uh, you, you know, we, I know we, we've seen lawsuits filed by the Trump administration uh, here in Michigan to uh, halt counting. Um, I know that was done kind of in an effort to, uh, you know, um, try and make sure that there was a clear ability to observe. Uh, I know uh, as I was watching coverage yesterday uh, on the uh, live feed from Louder with Crowder, on, on YouTube. It's uh, Stephen Crowder's show. Um, if you guys don't uh, listen to him or watch him, uh, I definitely recommend it. Um, very funny bunch of guys. They're very, ex- they're extremely well informed. Um, and they do a really, really good job of uh, being not only entertaining, but like I said, uh, keeping people informed and, and uh, you know, kind of debunking a lot of what's going on in mainstream media. Uh, while I was watching there, uh, their live feed, they actually were contacted by somebody who had uh, actual cell phone video of them going to Cobo Hall. I think it's the, it's called the TCF Center now here in Detroit uh, at 4.30 in the morning, seeing what appeared to be, now I, again, this is all speculation, um, what appeared to be ballots being unloaded out of the back of a truck being carted in in Coleman coolers and rolling suitcases on uh, you know, radio flyer wagons and stuff. And, uh, you know, by, by single people, right. Not nobody, uh, confirming, you know, uh, custody of these, or, you know, usually stuff like this is that sensitive. You transport in groups of two or more to make sure that nothing, um, is compromised. Right. I mean, the video, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's just some guy unloading stuff out of the back of a van at four 30 in the morning in downtown Detroit. Like it couldn't be more sketchy. Um, and then it even shows, uh, there's some, uh, a separate video or it might've been the same video, but there's footage inside Kobo, um, of where they're doing the counting, uh, you know, and they're not stopping anybody from coming in or out with bags, backpacks, rolling, uh, suitcases, 
uh, like you're saying, you know, Coleman coolers and stuff like that. Um, and then as soon as news about this all broke, this is yesterday afternoon, probably, I, I probably around two o'clock, maybe two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Shortly thereafter, they started boarding up the windows to that part of, uh, the TCF center. So you could not see into what, uh, was being done and how those ballots were all being handled and counted. Um, now you look all over, all over the country, look in, in Pennsylvania right now, which is probably the most closely watched state, <coughs> excuse me, in the race right now. And it's completely transparent. They are letting the media in. They're letting, obviously, um, you know, personnel from both political parties in to make sure that uh, it's a fair, uh, you know, a fair count and that nothing uh, underhanded is going on there. Um, Here in Detroit, not the case. Um, And as of today, uh, a the court here in Michigan has struck down that uh, has struck down that lawsuit. So they're, they're not going to stop counting, um, you know, but in addition to that, even before that, there was already a, oh, a, a simple clerical error that allowed for, uh, you know, it was like 130,000 uh, Biden votes to just suddenly appear um, due to just a clerical error. And, you know, to me, a clerical error is it's like, Hey, I entered a, I entered a seven and it should have been an eight or something. Um, not 130,000. And how odd is it that if the clerical errors, they were all in Biden's favor, you know, and it's not, and, and I think the thing that irritates me the most right now, if I'm being honest with you is things like, um, you're seeing all over social media that, uh, oh, sore losers, you know, you can't just accept defeat. And, it, and it's hilarious to me because, you know, four years ago when this happened with Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, uh, conservatives were, were called assholes, um, because we told them basically essentially the same thing. Hey, you lost the race. It's ours. So now apparently the, the tables are turned and, uh, we're just supposed to shut up and not say anything, just accept gracious defeat. Um, I just, I don't, one, that's kind of shitty. Uh, but two, I don't buy that the election is actually, uh, that it's actually straightforward. Honestly, I don't, uh, you're hearing you were, there was so little time that passed from the end of voting. Um, until we already had reports of, uh, of these kinds of issues and everything. Um, how can you, how can you look at this and, and think that everything's on the up and up? I mean, I certainly, uh, am not inspired by anything, any of what I'm, I'm reading, you know, uh, stories coming in across the country of polling places, uh, giving out Sharpies, which, uh, you know, now there's stories, uh, coming out saying that, oh, a Sharpie won't invalidate your ballot. It's like, okay, well, you know, a, a number of leading officials came out and said that it would. So you can't just come back now and say, oh, nope, nope, that's not true. Um, and expect everybody just to go, oh, oh, it, it's not true. Oh, okay. That's good. Then, you know, th- what we're talking about here has a, a huge impact on this country and how, uh, Americans are going to live their lives for the next, uh, four years, you know, basically until our next election. Um, and <clears throat> you look at these swing States right now and, uh, you basically, if you're anyone who's conservative minded or, you know, wants to, um, maintain some kind of, uh, true, in my opinion, a, a true American way of life, you're really, really holding out for this. 
Um, because honestly, if any of the, if this has to go to courts, I don't know that we see uh, any kind of reversal made. Um, you know, if, if Biden wins and it goes to the courts, uh, it's just unfortunate. You know, because we all kind of saw this coming, right? Uh, with Democrats pushing so long this year for. You know, and it's and it's so ironic that this uh, the COVID thing comes in. It's all you know, all comes together in this perfect little fucked up plan uh, in election year when the Democrats are hell bent on getting Trump out of office. You know, so <clears throat> you talk about how he's been a terrible president and everything, but you look at the his presidency. What have the Democrats done during his presidency, right? Because they want to trash him for not be, for being a partisan president. He doesn't want to work with the other side of the aisle to pass meaningful legislation. Well, let's look at that because the Democrats spent the last three years trying to impeach him and convict him on charges of, you know, treason and God knows what else for working and colluding with Russia, which we then proved was not a thing, right? That that was thrown out. That was disproved. Um, meanwhile, you know, Hillary Clinton's still walking free, uh, with her email server nonsense and everything else. Um, Trump has bolstered the economy. Uh, you know, granted he could have probably handled COVID a little bit better, but I mean, he's, it, it wasn't too far off. Um, and even now, if you look at what Joe Biden's master plan was to, to save the country from COVID, uh, it's all pretty much in place already. So everything that he said, he's going to lead this country out of the crisis and he's going to lead this country as not a Democrat or a Republican, but as an American president. It's so scripted. I hate it. Uh, he's going to he's going to fix all of this and COVID just going to magically go away. Right. Because he's going to be president. But if you look at his plan versus what's being done now, Trump put in our current government already put those things in place. It's already here. Uh, nothing's going to make this go away. Okay, it's just it's an illness. It's going to be here, you know, until we develop a vaccine or a flu shot or something of that variety to, uh, you know, to it's to render this uh, ineffective. We're just going to have to learn to live with it in society. And that means we got to keep wearing the masks and we got to continue to be socially distant, um, you know, for health reasons. I mean, is it annoying? Yes. Um, does anybody love wearing a mask? No. I don't really think anybody does, honestly. I have friends that are doctors and nurses that wear masks all day long and then had to wear them even, have to wear them now even longer because of COVID. Yeah, I don't think anybody loves it. But I mean, we're going to do what we have to do. You know, I <clears throat> I, I think that our, uh, our government here in Michigan has kind of overstepped some boundaries with all of that. Um, but that's that's aside from the point, you know, uh, I, I think getting back to just talking about, uh, <clears throat> you know, what Trump's done, uh, the economy bound, it rebounded incredibly well, uh, in the market. Um, you know, they want to tear him down. Oh, he, he, the, the economy that was handed to him after, uh, Biden Obama got out of office was fantastic and he ruined it. So, no, no, actually pre COVID, uh, the stock market had seen numbers it's never seen before record setting highs. And then even amidst COVID had led the country to rebound back to play to a place that we didn't think we would see for another two, three years. It, that, I mean, it, it's incredible because everybody, and you know, everyone wants to, you know, call Trump 
uh, oh, he's a bigot and he's a racist and he cheated on his wife and whatever. And you know what? And some of that may be true. I, I haven't seen too much to prove the racist point. Uh, I've had friends that have said it and not one of them can produce any actual shred of evidence of him being a racist short of just saying that they don't like what kind of character he is. So, you know, you might be rough around the edges, but that's not exactly evidence. Um, you know, uh, he, he, a lot of good things have happened here. And, uh, we, like I said, we, we, we didn't think we were going to see the economy rebound this way. Um, and they were originally at the point of lockdown, and everything kind of crashed out and everything. They were saying two or three years before we would be back to some kind of normal, um, normal way of life here as far as economics go. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and he put a lot of, you know, trade talks, uh, in place with China and things. He's bringing jobs back to this country. Uh, I, I mean, say what you will about him. It seems like he's doing a lot of the right things guys to me anyways. And it, and I honestly, I think that if, uh, if Joe Biden wins, he's going to go out of his way to undo a lot of that, uh, in terms of pushing more manufacturing overseas into other countries, uh, especially with all this stuff coming out about his ties to Ukraine and China, where there's like a lot of, you know, out of country manufacturing stuff going on. Like that's just, that's a terrible look. Um, and if it's true, it's just awful for American jobs. Um, <clears throat> he's talking about how he's going to expound on the affordable care act or Obamacare, which has been great for some people, but for the majority of people, at least the majority of people that I've spoken to, um, if they don't have, you know, employer sponsored healthcare, it's been an absolute nightmare to deal with. It's been extremely expensive and not in the least of, it just, it's, it hasn't worked. No, it has for, like I said, there's a small percentage of people that have been positively impacted by it, but uh, for the most part, many aren't. Um, it was one of the things that it was one of Trump's stated goals was to reverse that and put into effect something that was going to more positively impact American citizens. Um, and, and I get it. It's a tough, it's a tough position because, you know, you're never going to, not everyone is ever going to be happy. Um, but I don't think that uh, Biden's policy on let, let's just tax the shit out of the people until we have enough money to pay for it is a good method either. Um, that seems like with uh, a lot of what his proposals are, um, <clears throat> you know, taxing the uh, the wealthy, taxing corporations, increasing taxes to help pay for unemployment and everything else. Um, it just it just seems you know like that's his solution. And everything. Well, we'll just raise taxes. Uh, you know, getting to gun control, right, which is a huge issue here, obviously, for us on prepared mindset. Uh, his plan is to impose, uh, basically, um, <clears throat> he's going to expand the powers of the NFA, the National Firearms Act. Uh, and I was just look, reading up on this and researching this a little bit uh, earlier today. Basically, then, you would have to, for any magazine you own over a 10-round capacity, which, I mean, is almost all of mine, even my Glock 43X, my concealed carry gun holds 15 rounds. Uh, I can't even tell you how many 30-round magazines I have sitting here. Anything over 10 rounds would then become an NFA item, and for each one of those magazines, you'd have to then pay to a $200 tax stamp and then pay to have it engraved as such. Um, anything that ha is classified as an assault weapon, so basically an AR, anything with an adjustable stock or a short barrel or AR pistol, all those would become NFA items, and they would have to get a $200 tax stamp and then uh, they'd have to be engraved, and they'd have to be, and then they're registered. And anybody anywhere in the country at any given time can look up and find exactly how many 
uh, magazines, rifles, pistols, whatever you have, and where it's stored, kept, and all that stuff that's mandated by the NFA, which right now is pretty limited to just uh, short barrel rifles and suppressors. Um, and then, obviously, if you have uh, fully automatic weapons, uh, you know, true assault weapons, uh, like belt-fed machine guns or uh, anything that's capable of uh, <clears throat> dispersing explosive ordnance, like that grenade launchers or whatever, um, that's what's covered right now. But this would cover basically everything that isn't uh, a hunting rifle, uh, a revolver pistol, and a shotgun, which is what, you know... Uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are really pushing for it. And they've come out in the media and said it over and over again. They're going to get Beto O'Rourke to come in and he's going to be the gun czar. And he's going to, we're coming for your guns. And he said, you know, and and there's so many videos of Joe Biden coming out and saying, and just being, you know, you don't need an AK-14 or whatever, AR-14. You don't, you know, if you're out there hunting with 30 rounds, man, you don't, you got bigger problems. You're a danger to yourself. No, no. Uh, and it, it kills me because uh, most of these people have no idea what they're talking about. They really do. Oh, high capacity magazines. It's not high capacity. It's standard capacity. High capacity is something that was, was put out by the mainstream media, which we know is controlled by the liberal left. Right. Uh, and we've just been conditioned right over and over. We just hear it over and over and over and over again until now high capacity all of a sudden means 30 rounds. A 30-round magazine is standard. I bought my my uh, Smith & Wesson M&P uh, Sport 2, right? My first AR-15 uh, AR rifle, right? Open the box. There's the rifle. And in it is one Magpul PMAG for 30 rounds. It's absolutely standard. High capacity, I would consider to be there for anything over that. You know, one of the 40-round PMAGs. Uh, one of these drum mags or beta mags that hold 50, 60, 100, 120, whatever rounds, <coughs> excuse me, you know, that I would consider high capacity. But the standard today by, you know, looking across America, it's 30 rounds. That's not high capacity. And to sit here and look at any American and and say you don't have the right, unless we say so, for you to, to own a firearm um, <laughs> that, that holds more than 10 rounds is absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's a lot of data and a lot of evidence out there to prove that 10 rounds isn't enough. Okay. Watch some of these body cam, uh, videos from police officers where they discharge their weapon, right? Most police officers now carry either a Glock 17, which carries 17 rounds in the magazine, one in the chamber. So 18 rounds. Okay. Um, or like a Smith and Wesson M and P, which again is 17 plus one. So 18 rounds. Uh, something along those lines where they discharge their weapon and they empty the gun. You shoot to stop the threat. Okay. Um, so if they're emptying their weapon and then reloading, um, and those are police officers who you would assume would have more training, uh, more firearms experience and competency than your average American, what then gives them the right to say that 10 rounds is enough for anybody else? Because, uh, that, that to me is, um, it's asinine really. And it's, uh, it, it's endangerment essentially, you know, if people get, and, and what makes it worse is, uh, you know, now you're seeing, uh, laws like this. I, I found this on social media too, during this past election, Oregon, actually Oregon, right. Where they just had, uh, this, uh, chop or Chaz, whatever the occupied zone. And they had all those problems, right. They had 
two, three, almost four months of chaos and bullshit going on in the Pacific Northwest, right, where they had to have the National Guard and, uh, and all kinds of government agencies coming to assist with how bad things were there, right? They voted to legalize, or I should say to decriminalize, uh, possession of heroin and meth and a bunch of other narcotics. And you got all these, uh, you know, liberal idiots. And I, I say idiot because it, it truly doesn't make any sense to me, um, decriminalizing this. Oh, addiction is a sickness. Opiate addiction is a sickness. Like, okay, well, if that's true, then you need to get into a rehab program or you need to take more personal accountability for your actions. No one force fed those pain pills down your throat. All right. If you broke your leg or something, yeah, maybe you needed them for a little bit, but you kept going back. You know, that's not like heroin. Heroin is not, that's not a good thing for anybody. Neither is crystal meth. And it's hilarious because the one friend I, I that I that did share this and and was spreading this around um, actually has uh, I guess a baby daddy uh, who is a meth addict and showed up to their last court date on on the influence of that drug. <clears throat> and so it's like okay, so how can you who've been so negatively impacted, you know, uh, by a drug like that, turn around and say it's a good thing to decriminalize it? All it's going to do is attract more of the wrong element. You know, people, all of a sudden you're going to get way more of that stuff. It's just people going way too far out of their way in the name of being woke and being liberal to give every, give people everything that they want and never, ever telling them, no, that's bad. You don't need that. Think about it like you're as a child, right? Well, I want all that candy. Well, no, you can't have all that candy. Yeah. I want all that candy. Well, if you eat all that candy right now, it's going to make you sick for two days. And you're not going to eat anything. You're not going to eat any of your dinner. Well, I want it. Nope, you can't have it. And so now it's like saying, yeah, sure, eat whatever you want. And then, I mean, ironically, then we end up with a ultra obese child with diabetes, which kind of uh, eloquently sums up uh, America and our health situation. Um, and then, you know, combined with COVID and pre-existing conditions, here we are. Hey, what a beautiful cocktail it makes, right? Uh, I just, I just don't get it, you know, and that's the kind of thing that, uh, with this election, the way it shakes out, if Biden and Harris end up being in office, aside from stripping, uh, most Americans of their right to protect themselves, um, we were going to see a lot more things like that, right? We're going to open the borders up and we're going to let, and, and that's the thing that kills me, uh, is <clears throat> the beginning of this year in January, when we were talking about COVID in other countries and the cruise ships, right? The quarantined for 14 days. And, uh, the first discussion came around that uh, Trump talked about not necessarily closing the borders, but just putting travel restrictions and travel bans on certain countries like China, where the flu originated from, right? Oh, then Nancy Pelosi and all the Democrats got up on their soapbox and told him he's a bigoted racist or whatever. And he's a terrible person for wanting to restrict travel and that we should be taking all of these people in to give them medical care and or what whatever the hell. Now you get into the heat of the election, and all of a sudden Trump didn't do enough. He should have known sooner. He should have closed the borders. He should have done more faster. It's like, well, wait a minute. You can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about this guy not being a bipartisan president, and then tear him down for it when he was. He listened to what you said. He did what you wanted begrudgingly. Not saying he didn't complain about it. And he didn't maybe call you some names along the way, but he, and I mean, like, okay, get over it. 
you're in politics. Okay. He, he did what you wanted. It did slow. And we, and we, we still have these restrictions and, and, and borders closed and everything. It's all still in place. Right. So it did work to some extent, but you can't sit there and tear him down in the election and say, oh, well, he didn't handle COVID well enough. Like, well, who would have? We didn't know. This is a totally new illness to the world. Now, okay, sure, smallpox pops back up, then we'd be having a different conversation because we already eradicated smallpox once. We know how to do it again. <coughs> it's not the same thing. It's a totally different illness transmitted in ways that we're not entirely sure of and prevented by means that we can't verify. You know, oh, wearing a mask works. Yeah, I mean, but what kind of mask? Does the one that your grandma knit for you out of, out of an old uh, out of an old Murray's Auto Parts t-shirt from your grandpa, uh, does that really stop the germs and bacteria the way that a medical quality one does? I mean, I'd be willing to say no. <laughs> uh, but hey, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I can't really speak to that. Um, other than just to say common sense would point you to say uh, no. But hey, here we are, right? We're all wearing our masks and uh, life goes on, you know. Um, so, to, to I mean, we're going to be watching this, right, for the next couple of days at least. I, I, I feel like they keep saying that we're closer and closer to getting, uh, getting an answer about this election. Truthfully, uh, I don't know. You know, if, if Trump wins those the big three states um, – Georgia and North Carolina and uh, Pennsylvania, it's going to be really close. And it's probably going to come down to uh, whoever wins Nevada at that point. But I don't think it's unreasonable that he uh, is probably going to demand a recount in Michigan just based completely off how things were handled and also how uh, our governors reacted to him in the media. Um, I don't trust any of these politicians. You know, the fact that I live here in Michigan has nothing to do with it. Uh, I, I've made it pretty clear on this episode and a couple other ones. I don't care for governor Whitmer and her policies and how she's handled things. Um, I, I think that, uh, at the beginning of the lockdowns, she was very, uh, reactive. She basically just waited to see what the governor of Ohio and the governor of Illinois were doing governor of Wisconsin. Okay. And then, uh, reacted and followed suit. Um, and then, uh, once started getting some kind of national notoriety, it seemed for, for having lower numbers, uh, decided she really wanted to up the ante. Uh, and then it seems like got really upset because, uh, you know, concerned citizens, uh, pushed the issue to the courts cause she's kept putting more executive orders in place and be, you know, more and more and more. Um, and, and the point is not that she's wrong for doing it. Okay. Like these may be done with the best of intentions, um, and they may be effective. The point is, is there's a right and a wrong way to do everything, especially when you're a damn government elected official, right? Uh, people's liberties and freedoms. That's, that's what you're supposed to be in office for. You're, it's, you're called a public servant for a reason. Okay. Otherwise we can roll this back a couple hundred years to when we, you know, revolted and gained our independence from the British crown, right? Where they did what they wanted and they didn't have to justify it to you. You were just going to live that way or you were probably going to get dead, you know? So, uh, again, public servant, you're supposed to represent the best interests of the people and there's a right and wrong way to do everything. Um, 
executive order after executive order against the wishes of the people. Um, And here's the point that I'm trying to make is that they didn't yield immediate or positive results. All these lockdowns went into place and we still saw, you know, we still continue to see cases climb. They went down after the initial spike, which was fine. We were supposed to help slow the curve, help flatten the curve. That imply, And we knew from day one that there was going to be a second wave. We knew that the numbers were eventually going to come back up as we eventually opened things back up. And it seemed like the plan that uh, the governor had in mind here, at least in Michigan, and I'm sure in a couple other states like New York, where there was a lot of similar practices uh, going on, was they were just trying to uh, eradicate the virus in general. Well, I'm sorry, it's just not realistic, all right? <clears throat> as humans, we're social creatures. We stayed indoors and quarantined for like five months, okay? Almost half the damn year. There's only so much that you can take, okay? People's mental health starts to go. People got to work. You got to make money. The holidays are coming up. You know, uh, bills need to be paid and the unemployment benefits run out, you know? And, and you know, so to, to just say that uh, we should close everything down indefinitely for, you know, oh, six months, I think that's what, and we're just going to, what, flood the market with American currency so everybody can pay their bills and drive the valuation of the U.S. dollar through the basement floor? No, that's, and, and, it, and that's the thing that kills me, you know, getting back to the, the presidential election is that's like the, that's the Democrat way of thinking. And I, and if I'm wrong, I hope somebody uh, emails us, uh, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com or shoots me a direct message, uh, prepared underscore mindset underscore pod on Instagram. Like, let me know if I'm completely wrong with this. I I would really, if someone knows enough to correct me on this, I would really love to hear it. Um, but that was the Democrat method. It appeared was let's, we're just going to lock down the country for six months and no one's going to go to work. And nobody's going to leave the house and the government is just going to disperse benefits over and over and over again to the people to pay the bills. And it's like, yeah, and then, you know, but then they chastise Trump for saying he's only worried about the economy. It's like, well, yeah, somebody has to be worried about the economy, apparently. Otherwise, there ain't going to be much of a fucking country to come back to. You know, the the uh, damn mayor of Las Vegas came under fire for saying that, you know, she wanted to open up her city before the, the liberal media deemed it appropriate. So all kinds of memes being shared. Uh, the Ivan Drago from Rocky, uh, if he dies, he dies, you know, basically insinuating that she has no uh, care for what happens to the, the citizens of Las Vegas. She just wants to, you know, open the city back up. It's probably, um, I don't know that that woman uh, i'm gonna assume it's probably not an accurate assumption though however when you look at a city like las vegas where they derive uh all of their income as a city from travel and tourism and visitors yes you have to start looking at those things okay otherwise loss of jobs is bad okay loss of revenue is really bad in cities like that because once you lose it you can't get it back and Vegas has already been on the downturn as, you know, the younger generation here. We don't like gambling as much as our parents' generation does. So they're already on the downturn dealing with that. You have to balance it. Like I said, you're not ever going to make everybody happy. Um, I get that. But uh, me personally, um, knowing people that have, uh, you know, that have and had COVID and have uh, come through it and, and everything, um <coughs> Like it, it, you can, you do the best you can, right? 
Um, so I, I really, I, I do. I think it's pretty uh, disingenuous to say that Trump could have done uh, or should have done more to handle COVID. Um, and I think that the Democrats right now are in a position where they're they're trying to uh, steal the election. I mean, I do. And if I'm disproved, I'm disproved. You call me a kook, ask me how my tinfoil hat fits, whatever. It just seems very curious that in this election, all of a sudden, um, it's, you know, you're seeing voter corrections uh, left and right in multiple states, and it's only for Joe Biden. Thousands and thousands at a time, you're only seeing them in favor of Joe Biden. For whatever reason, you're not seeing any Donald Trump votes that come in late after the fact. And again, you got these, uh, you know, young kids who were voting in their first election. I see it all over social media. Oh, well, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, our party was telling us to mail in vote the whole time. Now you're, you're upset because none of the, the mail-in ballots that are being found later are for you. It's like, no, dumbass. We're upset now because all the adjustments are going one way. You're telling me that nobody who absentee voted or mail-in voted voted for Donald Trump? Literally nobody. That's what you're telling me. In a whole country of how many million people, nobody with an absentee or mail-in or early voting ballot voted for our, our current president in the election. They all hated him so much that they voted early because they really couldn't wait to tell everyone that they wanted Joe Biden instead of him. Like, come on. Use some goddamn common sense. Seriously. It's like plain as day slapping you in the fucking face that something is wrong here and that it, there needs to be a closer look. And I just, I can't, I can't stand, you know, uh, how many people I have to have that conversation with. And it just seems it's so easy for them to say, oh yeah, of course you would say that. Cause you're, a, you know, you're a Republican and you love Donnie. And it's like, you know, I don't really understand that. Okay. I wasn't a Republican until Trump got into office, but things were bad enough when I was voting for Democrats that I thought the change needed to be made for the way I thought the country should be ran. And there's no shame in that. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I grew up at a, at a union table, right? My, my, my dad works in the auto industry. The union benefited my family greatly. And I, I, I was very fortunate, you know, I got, and I still do support labor unions. And then you, you know, you bring that up. And of course, then, then the liberals turn around and they, they want to, oh, well, you know, labor unions need to go because they don't do anything. And you would say, oh, okay. So it's convenient when it's a good talking point. But if you start agreeing with them, it's like <sighs> more liberals that I know want to f- just, they just want something to fight about than anything else. They're always, it's like they're looking, they're always looking for the next thing to get offended about. Because unless you 100% agree with them, uh, there is no middle ground, which is hilarious because all these people talking about, oh, if we can just find some common ground, if we can just find some common sense, you know, uh, healthcare, some common sense gun control reform. It's like, you know, you say that, but it seems like one side's just been given away, given away, given away. The Republican Party up until Trump got in office was just conceding slowly over time and giving away on some of the things that they really, uh, back in like the fifties held root in, um, and were slowly eroding away. And now that's why, you know, Donald Trump's just such a radical and he's so bad for this country. And he's such a, a racist and a misogynist and a sexist. And it's like, uh, no, nope. He just has like what I would argue are classic core American values, you know, uh, talking about family, talking about, 
you know, uh, American jobs and American manufacturing. And it, it's easy to criticize a guy's character. You know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, he slept with a porn star and he cheated on his first wife. And, you know, he's a, he's a rude, crude a-hole. And you know what? Maybe he's not ultra-presidential. I get it. But at some point, I would love to see somebody throw out an argument other than his character. And as president, has he done anything short of, you know, his speech? Has he done anything unpresidential? I mean, he brokered peace in the Middle East for the first time in 70 plus years. That seems pretty pretty presidential. That, that, that's a pretty big one, honestly. Uh, there hasn't been peace talks, uh, <clears throat> meaningful peace talks uh, in the Middle East. And I can't even tell you who was president the last time that was all going on. And yes, meaningful, as in they established uh, peace, not only between the U.S. and those countries, but between just those countries, you're starting to see peace talks finally emerge. And it's like, okay, this is huge. The media doesn't want to talk about it. Fox News will talk about it, and you'll see like the BBC will report it. CNN doesn't want to talk about it. NBC, they don't want to talk about it, you know, because then it puts him in a positive light. So we're just gonna we're just gonna uh, glean over this like it's not important. And instead, we're gonna focus on how Trump never came out and actually said the words "Black Lives Matter." Yeah, because that that's really important. Uh, you know, and I, 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 that's what makes him a racist too. I had somebody, I, I read that online as well, uh, that somebody would not vote for him because he was a racist because when all of the social injustice came to light this year, yeah, cause we didn't know about it. We didn't know about it before, but when all of the social justice injustices of America came to light and came to a head this year, he couldn't even bring himself to say those words. Well, uh, if <clears throat> Black Lives Matter wasn't also the name of a Marxist organization that was bent on basically breaking this country, um, I think he probably would have had a little bit easier time with it, personally. But uh, speaking their name gives them, uh, I mean, it, it gives them power. It's, it's positive PR. Um, you know, you're essentially he's conceding to them. And um, the message that all Black Lives Matter, I could not agree more with. You know, uh, all life is precious. And I honestly, and I have in all walks of life, I've been friends with, I have worked with, I have dealt with, interacted with all kinds of people, gender, creed, race, sexual orientation. I don't know why that's a fucking, why that matters anymore. You can sleep with whoever you want. Um, I've dealt with all of it. It's That has never shaped my opinion of a person just because of uh, what the color of their skin like I have worked with some people that are African American. I've worked with some who have been fantastic people who are fantastic people, uh, who I miss dearly right now being out of the office. Uh, I've also worked with with people who were black that were terrible to work with, and they were awful partners. I've also worked with a bunch of white people who were terrible to work with. That doesn't make me a racist. That just makes me a realist. Makes me honest. Okay, that's how I that's how I live my life though. Like I'm not gonna apologize for that because I don't agree with that organization. I'm not gonna put up a sign, wear a t-shirt, whatever, that say Black Lives Matter. No, because I don't agree with that organization. That doesn't make you a racist. Contrary to what all the liberals want you to think. Uh, which again, the the public uh, the public pressure factor here is huge because uh you know basically anybody who's upset that donald trump's getting the shaft in this election and and he is uh don't you know make any mistakes on that he's definitely getting shafted here um 
it's it's all oh, you're a sore loser so you, you know you you're you can't bitch about it because you know biden won it's time for trump to go he never should have been the president in the first place like well wait a minute you cannot condemn the man for having no personal moral character and integrity but then allow the change of the highest office possibly in the world in the free world anyways uh that election process to lose its integrity all in in the name of just getting him out. These people that are the never Trumpers, right? That don't really have a, a specifically aligned political party. They just hate Donald Trump for whatever reason that they just, they can't stand him. And they'll do literally anything and say anything and agree with anything. As long as it means that they, that Donald Trump is no longer the president. Um, that I, I just don't get, I mean, you don't have to be a huge fan of him, but, uh, understand that if you have uh conservative values right if you're um anti-abortion which me personally uh i think that should be a a female issue to take care of i hate that we have a bunch of old white dudes in uh, public office right now trying to make the decisions on those laws um personally just my idea I, i get the female elected representatives together and let them hash that all out guys don't we don't have ovaries and female reproductive organs therefore you know i i don't feel i i don't feel like i should be making those decisions i sure as shit don't want a woman telling me i gotta get snipped at a certain age so hurry up and have kids or don't have any at all you know like i i there's a lot to it i get it but i mean if you have conservative values um he represents your best interest, maybe not completely. And you, it may pain you to say that, but, um, you know, if you're anti-abortion, if you're, uh, you know, anti-union, if you're pro small government, if you're pro second amendment, like, yeah. And a lot of people jump up and say, well, Trump hasn't done anything for the second amendment. It's like, well, and that may be true. You know, he actually did help, uh, again, those say he's not a bipartisan president. He did help push through legislation to ban bump stocks after the Las Vegas incident, right? Which everyone wants to just brush that one under the rug because, again, it's evidence that he actually is working on both sides of the aisle uh, for stuff that will positively impact the American people. Um, you know, but I digress. Um, I, I just, there's so much going on. Um, it, it's really frustrating. Uh, Sam reached out to me, uh, to ask if I've been watching. I just, you know, I, I watched the Crowder feed yesterday for a couple hours today. I kind of tried to stay away from it cause I just, yeah, it's, it's stressful. And to an extent it's depressing. And, uh, you know, by the way, shout out to Sam. He just at the beginning of the week had his second surgery. So he's, uh, he's on the mend right now. We, uh, of course, uh, wish him all the best and hopefully get him back in here with me soon to do some more episodes. And we got a lot of stuff lined up to go through, but, um, you know, uh, I would, if I were you, I would be out signing as many petitions as you can. Um, I know, uh, Marjorie Green, who's a Republican representative, I think from Georgia, uh, might be one of the Carolinas. I'm not sure. I know she had one she was sharing online. I know Facebook's been doing a real good job about trying to silence and suppress uh, those petitions and things. Um, but if you can find them online, I encourage everybody to sign up for them. I signed up for one as well. Um, you know, this is this is our country, right? Um, so as childish and petty as it may seem to, to sit there and go, well, wait a minute, nah, I want to redo. 
Well, um, if you're being cheated out of something that is rightfully yours or has the possibility of being rightfully yours, who's the bigger chump? The one that knows they're being cheated and walks away from it or the one that stands up for themselves and uh, fights for what's theirs and may end up losing it anyway? You know, uh, to quote Wayne Gretzky, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe it is a long shot that, uh, that Trump's going to be the, the, a president for a second term. Maybe it is a long shot that we get a recount in some of these States. And maybe it is a long shot that we actually see a, uh, a reversal, uh, on some of these counts. But, um, if you don't try, you, you don't know. So, um, you know, I, I hope you guys are, are are following this stuff, and I hope you're finding some way to cope with all of it right now. There's there's so much going on, and I know Biden's been out basically uh, without saying that he's going to be the next president. He's already he's been making tons of comments and statements. Uh, Trump's been quieter, which I respect. Um, you know, I, I I I have less and less respect for for Joe Biden as the days go on here. I just think he's not a very gracious individual and a terrible politician at that, but. Those are just my opinions. Um, that's all I got for you guys this week. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure next episode we'll be talking about who they declare the winner or where things are at with that. We'll have a different uh, a different set of uh, topics for next week's episode. As always, guys, if you have any questions or feedback, uh, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. And let your friends know uh, we are, we're, I mean, always on the upward trend, right? Um, believe it or not, uh, we are almost at 50 subscribers, which is a pretty small number uh, by most metrics. Uh, but given the size of the operation here and uh, honestly, <clears throat> the uh, the power of some of the, the, com- the com- competition out there and everything, um, you know, I, it's small goals, right? Baby steps to kind of build this into. And whatever it's going to be in right now, it's a podcast. And you know, we've we got plans and ideas and, and hopes and dreams for this to grow. So let your friends and family know. Um, you know, share the message. Uh, get them to, to subscribe and follow. Check us out. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. And until next week, be prepared.